Welcome to Discussing Disney Plus. Join us on this journey discovering all Disney has to offer, both old and new. Each episode, we are going to discuss a different movie, series, or Disney Plus original. We are your co-hosts. I'm Tyler. And I'm Morgan. Let's get Get nostalgic. nostalgic. Welcome to episode two of Discussing Disney Plus. Today we are talking about the Disney Plus original, The Imagineering Story, episode one, The Happiest Place on Earth. Going ahead and starting with our original expectations walking into this. Uh, Mine were a little, not necessarily jaded, but I I read an article talking about this, how that this was just like an exploit for Disney to like toot its own horn and... The article I read said, you know, it's just talking about it's like racial history and how terrible it is, basically. So I wanted, like, that's not what I got from the impression when I saw, like, a trailer for it. Mm -hmm. I was really excited for it. So I I saw that and I was like, crap, is this going to be awful? So my original expectation was going in, like, hoping that it wasn't going to be as terrible as that article made it sound. Mm -hmm. Because I was, like, really sad. (laughs) Well, and, you know, my expectations going into it. Kind of like yours the same as when you went into The Mandalorian. Like, really no expectations. I mean, I know you watched it before I did, you know, because we just watched it prior, to, just prior to recording this together. And, you know, so I, you had said it was good. So, I mean, I guess I was expecting a little bit, you know, but I wasn't expecting much from that. And I, I pretty much got my mind blown. Yeah, it was <laughs> amazing to say the least. Before we go any further, I just want to make you aware... Hashtag spoiler alert. We know it's a Disney Plus original, and I know a lot of people are probably going to be excited to watch this. So before we go any further in this podcast, we're going to give you a five-second spoiler alert pause, and hopefully by the time that's over, you've watched the whole thing. So I'll count to five. One, two, three, four, five. All right, so hopefully you got all that done in five seconds. Although we very well know that didn't happen. Um, Let's just start. This thing was like an hour and a half long. Yes. Like, I didn't even look at how long it was when I first started it. Because I was just like, oh, it's probably like half hour, 45 minutes, right? I paused it for whatever reason, like, at 45 minutes. You wanted to take some notes. That's right. I want to take a note for something on a quote. And I was like, I said, we've already watched 45 minutes, and we have 30 minutes left? Oh, my God. But you know, it didn't feel yes, like that long. Yes. So, I'm, I'm, by no means am I complaining about the length of it. It's just, it didn't feel like that I was more amazed that we had already spent 45 minutes watching yeah, this. Yeah, and they're like, the best part was, is I didn't feel like there were any lulls. Like, they kind of kept, like, building they on... Did, they did a very good job pacing it and keeping yes. it moving. I, yes. I very much agree. Whereas, like, whenever you're watching, like, you know, informational things or, like, documentaries, there's always kind of, like, a weird, dull kind of moment. Yeah, like, you you go up a hill, and then, like, it, like, gives away a bunch of information, and it's like, And then oh, it kind of just goes down yeah. from there. Yeah, and yeah. And they finish with something else. But this one just kind of, like... There wasn't really, like, a down, like, other than when he died Yeah. at the end. Well, he didn't die at the end of the show. <laughs> other than at the end when he... he when they had, started talking about his death. Yeah, like, it was really, yeah. like, a downer, but it was it was the end of it. Like, that was... There was no else left to go right. at that point anyway. So, with that said, I mean, we're just going to go through this part, kind of openly just talk about, you know, a lot of, the, you know, the different things that stuck out to us in yes. each, um, each segment of it. Um, I real quick want to just shout out... You know, the intro, little intro segment of the show really reminded me the beginning of the Game of Thrones intro segment. You know, not nearly as long, not nearly as involved, but just kind of like reminded me of it. You know, just like with the buildings and like how it was, uh, the imagery and stuff on it. It was was just interesting. Um, So with that said, uh, let's get into some more of the details, right? So one thing that I was really surprised about is 
and I'm and happy, happily surprised about, is they weren't trying to beat a dead horse. Yes. Right? They didn't go back, oh, well, Walt Disney first wrote on a piece of paper in 1921. Like, they started from, like, where we wanted to see from. Like, we already knew. He created the Mickey Mouse animations and things like that. Like, this was solely about the Disneyland. The happiest place on yeah, Earth. Yeah, Disneyland. Right? So, I thought that was really cool. My biggest thing here is... I have never seen a picture of Walt Disney. And I, I guess I never realized that before. But, like, it was it was kind of weird to see him, like, as, like, a person. Because I don't think of him as, like, a person. Like, when I think of Disney, it's it's a... It's the brand. It's it's, it's the little Disney castle with, with the shooting star going yeah, over it at the beginning of all the Disney movies. Yeah, it's not a man. And so it was, <laughs> it was really cool to see him. Like, because, again, for whatever reason, I'd never seen him before. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I've seen, like, maybe a picture here, too, but... You know, I won't get into the details, but the only other thing that I've really seen him on before was, like, Robot Chicken, when they talked about, you know, cryogenically freezing him and then bringing him back alive in the future, so... Everyone uh, thought about that as a child, because wherever that started, we all thought he was frozen, and then I I watched something on Facebook a while back, and it was from his granddaughter, I think, mm -hmm. maybe great-granddaughter, I'm not sure, but she's like, oh, common misconception, he's not frozen, you know, he's buried somewhere else, and I was like, well, way to ruin the Disney, the magic of Disney, wow. Well, you know, of course, all of us deep inside are always hoping that that wasn't true, and it's just funny, though, that she felt like she had to actually, like, call that out. Well, and then, on the, <laughs> other, on the other hand, conspiracy theory alert, she's only saying that, <laughs> so that when it. he comes back, it's like, bam! <laughs> You had no idea, huh? Right. Hmm, you well, forgot. joke's on you. So, with that said, you know, seeing him and, and like, I just I thought it was really cool they had, like, a recorded interview from the 60s. Yes. You know, and it was, like, it wasn't him talking to other people. It was him talking to the camera. Yeah, it, it really felt like you were there with him. Like, it, it had the same feel as Mr. Like, Mr. 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 Rogers. Rogers. yeah. Like, where he kind of, like, he talks to you like your family. And, like, you're there with him, not, like, talking at you like a newscaster would, like, now or today. Right. It, it's like he really wanted you to feel like you were a part of his right. creation. Well, and it goes to, like, how they keep talking about how he he thinks that everyone is a good person or has the potential to be a good person. Yes. You know, which is the same as Mr. Rogers. Yeah. You know, like, they, they cared about people, and that's why they did what they did. Yeah. So I think that's just absolutely, truly amazing. One thing that I learned in this thing that I thought was really cool, and I didn't know this before, but um, Walt Disney pioneered uh, synchronized sound with the movies. What is that? So basically, it was where the movie or the the picture was syncing up with the sound. So like like because before that was like silent movies, oh, and okay. like it, and silent movies weren't silent because I mean they had music playing over. Yeah. But so where like if Mickey Mouse was talking, words were happening, and it was synchronized. So it was kind of like two two movies playing on top of each other kind of thing? I guess in a sense, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't, like, it's hard to think, I mean, so, not not even something that we think about, you know, that is a thing, but it just blows my mind to to even... Think that there was a time that that didn't exist. Well, I mean, (laughs) like, we'll talk about more later, it's hard to think of a time where Disney wasn't an empire like it is now. So, um, but with that said, you know, Walt Disney, it goes without saying, this guy had a vision. Yeah. Right? And he he wanted to create a park. Right? Yeah. An, an amusement park. 
and and his wife, like even you know someone who's supposed to be like his biggest supporter, was like, "Why would you want to do that? Those places are gross and the people are mean." And and he was like, "Not in my amusement park." And so that kind of made me sense like those people who say you know like you talk things into existence. Like he didn't say you know that's what I want my amusement park to be like. And he he said like that's not what my amusement park. Yeah. Is. Like that was like mm, yes. And just to just to kind of like help put like how much of a vision he had for this thing you know he of course he's not by any means an amusement amusement park expert yeah right so he he would bring in quote-unquote experts you know and every time he would say hey this is what i want the experts would say well that's just not possible yeah and he's like okay bye you know and so he had to create his own team yeah right and he called them imagineers and I just thought that was so cool. I mean, I don't know if he made up that word or anything, but an Imagineer is someone with that creative, you know, element and the technical know-how to, to make these kinds of things happen. Yeah, and it kind of seems like that those people were the only ones who really had his back because, like, again, his wife didn't want to help him, and right. everybody he talked to was like, mm, "That's weird. No, we don't want any part of that." Well, and he was kind of viewed as an eccentric kind of person. Yeah, and like he created an environment though, and of course, people who. Who like to conform to like cookie cutter ways of doing things, of course, are, are going to like lead into uh, an attitude of naysaying. Yeah, well, and, like, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. Like, well, with banks, he's, he was saying, you know, he couldn't get a bank to back him because they were like, nothing like this has ever happened, so we, we can't identify the risk. Exactly. Like, and, of course, in our day and age, we'd be like, yeah, well, it's Walt Disney. You just take that risk. <laughs> but obviously, the internet can't do that to someone who doesn't have that kind of reputation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, it goes into, you know, he talks about ABC funded the, funded the building of the park because he had to agree to make a show for ABC in exchange for the $5 million needed to build the park. Right. And what's funny, though, is, is I mean, obviously, it, it took more than $5 million. Yeah. It was uh, 17. $17 million. And, and how he got there is, like, is the wildest thing. Because we think of Disney as this, like, untouchable brand that has its, like, has its, in, in lack of a better word, like, tentacles and everything. Yeah. Like, they have, like, they're so, like, spread out that they control so much. Yeah. So to us, like, Disney is untouchable and and back then it wasn't like that. Just, like, to, just to even imagine that is, is difficult. Yeah. Because... He, he said that he had to he had to cash his like his life insurance out. He sold his house. Right. Um, the employees were donating yeah. their money to well, him. Well, and like, to, and just to like extend to that, right? Like he, they needed trees for one of the parks. Yes. And like palm trees, and they didn't have the money to like buy them, and they didn't have the time to grow them because once they got the okay and the funding to do the park, they had one year. So what did they do? They put ads out in newspapers saying, hey, if you've got palm trees in your yard, you don't want them anymore, we'll take them off your hands. We'll take them out of your yard, and we'll take them away. Yeah, and then they said that he that they were going in, in front of the bulldozers who were building the highway into Anaheim. Yeah. They were building an extension into Anaheim at the time. That They were going in front of the bulldozers and clearing out the land in front of them for the trees and stuff because they wanted the the, the yeah. government wanted the trees right. gone right and so they're like we'll take them we'll take them yeah. and that's how they built like the forest but to think about that there was a time that disney didn't have money yeah like it, it is it is so crazy it, it's kind of like 
to think about, you know, a time when when Walmart was vulnerable because Walmart's not vulnerable right. or Amazon. Like those kind of like Amazon's a little newer than those companies, but like to think about an empire, you know, not having money is is almost like scary. Like, right, and it, and it makes you think like like what's happening now that's just now starting up that'll be the same in a hundred years. Exactly, because like because like right now the biggest one is Amazon. That's Amazon. Like to think that like yeah. he he started selling books online, like and and, and now, and now he, oh my gosh. I mean, he's a, he's a retail empire. Yeah. So what what's next? Who right. is next? Exactly. So with that said, you know, the the thing is is like let's let's talk a little bit about. Opening day. Yes. Right? July 17th, 1955, right? You know, over budget, you know, probably more than a year than, oh, than, than the deadline that they were given, right? Um, one thing that I thought was really cool is, you know, they viewed the opening on TV. 83 million people watched this on TV. So you got these people who, you know, wouldn't even give him a dime and shunned him off, and now and, yeah. there's 83 million people waiting for this. Yeah, and... Like, another thing that I, I think is kind of funny is, like, they were, like, finishing the park as people were walking in. Yes. Like, the the day of, in the morning of, or the, or the day before, you know, they poured the asphalt for the parking lot. And for the park, too. And, you know, it was so hot, because it was July. And in the, in the, even in the in the episode, they said it was probably the hottest day of the summer. And so the, the asphalt couldn't, you know, set properly yet. And, you know... People were walking in and, like, women who were wearing heels, their heels were, like, indenting the asphalt. Yeah. And, you know, and and right off the bat, with that said, I mean, with, with the crowd turnout and everything else like that, like, I don't think they were expecting that kind of turnout. Like, and in, in to that extent. I don't think they were prepared for it. And it showed. But, like, that wasn't their fault, right? And so that a lot of things happened, right? So I guess there was a plumbing strike. That happened around this time. And, you know, they had a choice. Either make sure the plumbing was good for toilets or good for water fountains. Uh, you know, in my mind, I, I wouldn't even think that's a question. Yeah, there's no choice. <laughs> like, you want the toilets to be done for a lot of reasons that we don't need to get into. Um, but one one point that you would made out earlier is, you know, um, you don't want people to have to leave to go to the bathroom. I, yeah. I mean, so just even that. And um, so with that said... You know, people thought that that was a ploy for him to get sales for Coca-Cola, you know, because there's no water fountains. And it's like, no, it's just, the, blah, you yeah. know? Yeah, of course they would just, again, find any reason they could to to basically crap on Walt Disney. Like, Yeah, I mean, there's a, it was a world against Disney. Yeah. And, again, a world of cookie-cutter people against Walt Disney. Yep. And that's ultimately what it is. And it's it's kind of funny to see like the t- the tables have turned. Oh, of now course. they are the cookie cutter, and they're like shunning, <laughs> they're shunning all the people who are who are trying to like innovate around them. They're like mm, no, but, but Disney because they're the best at innovating. Yeah, because Disney's always innovating, and, and that leads into something that D- the Walt Disney said is about like when he was getting all of these complaints about. Oh yeah, so you know one thing that he had mentioned is, is because he yeah, kept getting complaints and pe- when people would review it. You know, they say, oh, it's not finished. And and whether it was planned, and he really meant this at the time and had no idea what it would really turn into. Or it worked out perfectly. Or it worked out perfectly. Is, you know, he said, Disney will never be complete as long as imagination exists. And, I mean, holy crap. To I this mean, day. And it still stands to this day because, I mean, just as recently as Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. 
you know, and I think they're, from what I heard, they're doing a Toy Story Land, which would be amazing. Yes. And, and you know, but... But it's turned into from being mad and angry that they were doing that to, to now people see that and they're like, oh my God, I'm so excited to come back, spend more money... And yeah. go and see that new thing they're building. Well, and, and the other thing, too, that's absolutely amazing, and it's the last thing I'll say about the opening day on the park, but um, not even opening day, but the opening, like, first period, in two months, they had their one millionth visitor. I, I mean, if that doesn't say anything, then nothing does. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, moving on from that, you know, Walt Disney did a, an amazing job inspiring his people. Yes. Yes. Right, and from from just something, you know, as simple as just saying, you know, or showing that his employees that he believed in them, right? Because you know somebody had said, you know, um, Walt Walt's Walt Disney's employees succeeded because he believed in them. Like he knew that they were capable of what he was asking, even though he was asking for so much, but he only did it because he wanted to. Like, push these people's imagination and, and get them to that point to where they're creating just something unimaginable. Yeah, and, and with going on with that, you know, he, um, to talk about company morale, like, his employees were donating their money to yeah, put right. into Disneyland. Right. If that doesn't show, like, company morale, I don't know what does. Yeah, and, and I think, um, some, like, one of the things one of his employees said, and I, and I, you know, about him, and I and I think it trickled down to his employees also. Is, you know, he said that I don't believe uh, Walt ever thought he was working. Yeah, no, he loved what he did. Yeah, and and like I mean, everybody knows that. Like you, you know, you've truly, like you truly love what you're doing when you, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, when you're not scared, when when the thought of getting up seven days a week to go and do this doesn't you know, make you sad to wake up. It makes you excited. You're excited for the next day, and you're excited to go back. Right. And that's what he was. He was excited to go to work, and he didn't care. You know, he had his brother trying to figure out the money and stuff. He didn't care about any of that. No. All he cared about was doing what he loved. Exactly. And, you know, another, like, pretty interesting thing, too, is so one of the creators that he brought on for the, um, what was the name of it? The Still Around the World or... Um, uh, it's a small world. It's there a small go. world. Thank you. <laughs> For it's a small world. So there's like a bunch of little dolls, uh, cultures, and different outfits and things like that. So he brought someone in named Alice Davis um, to make the dresses, make the outfits for all these dolls. And one of her first questions, you know, she asked, what's my budget? And, and Walt responded, no, Alice, that isn't it. I want you to design a costume for each one of these dolls that every woman would love to have from age one to a hundred. That is the Disney we know and love. Spare no expense. Right. That's the most boss way to say spare no expense. You know, and I just think that that's just, it's on point. Yeah. Right. And like, because like, so it goes back to what we're saying about him believing in his people. Like, he doesn't care how much it costs. He is all about the experience. You know, yes, of course he wants to make money. Who doesn't? But that's, he knows, like, and this is something that I wish was more of a belief now is, you know, you put the hard work into it. And you put the time and the, the imagination and the love, the blood, sweat, and tears. The money will come later. Yeah. Right? It, like, I believe that if money is your primary focus, you're not going to get what you want. You're going to be very disappointed. Right? So, with that said, one thing I really want to point out when you watch this is, again, 
I don't know. I don't know if anybody knew that some of these things existed, you know, no, before yes. watching this. But I learned a lot of stuff. And like something I also didn't know is that he did an animatronic Abe Lincoln. It was wild looking, and it looked like Abe Lincoln. And, and that's the thing is, even coming from the to fifties, it looked so good. Even now, yeah, I would be that's amazed. What I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it's like that. That's coming from fifty years ago, right. and, and I'm impressed. Yeah, and, and I'm used to seeing you know current time stuff. Right, and uh, it just it blew my mind. And like I won't go into too much detail on it, but it had him do a whole speech, and it showed how they like did animatronics at the time and how they got it to do the things, and uh, just. So amazing. To see how far technology has come, it's, it's crazy. Right. And so now this comes to kind of like the sad part. Yeah. Right? We Obviously, we know. Walt Disney passed, passed away. away. Way too early. Way too early. And, you know, I didn't know this. I didn't know that he died of cancer. I didn't either. I, I you know. Um, and I thought he was just, you know, old. I thought he was just old so you, and sick and they put him in your throat. <laughs> That's the thing is he was young though. Yeah. I so mean... In this day and age, 65 is nothing. Yeah. And, um, you know, they had, a, I mean, of course, they had a lot of, you know, people from the beginning, right? A lot of different, you know, engineers or different things. And there was like two or three very, very elderly dudes crying, crying in this thing. Talking about his death. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about guys who come from a time where men weren't allowed to show that kind of emotion. And, and to, 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 Record this. This was recorded this series, in the past year. Yeah, this to record this series fifty years after his death, and they are still crying. If that, like, again, if that doesn't talk about like company morale and how much he cared and how much he inspired yeah. people, I don't know what does. Like, if if fifty years from now and you're not you're not you know family or like close friends or something like that, and it's it cuts that deep still. Yeah. Like that just shows like how how great of a person. And inspiring they are. Well, and, and you know, the part that got me tearing up a bit there is when they were talking about his death and, you know, he had died and all the creators were getting together, you know, and, you know, they said, what's our next assignment? And one of the, one of the gentlemen responded, you know, now we know how much of our work Walt did for us. Yeah. And that's actually when it hit me like a, like a dump truck. Boom. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, and like, I mean, that's when the guys were crying on the show too. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's true. I mean, he, again, he was their number one fan. He was, he was the guy in the background with the foam finger, you know, going, you can do it, man. Yeah. You know, and, uh, so. And it's crazy to think about like, in the sense of like how all of this has come from that point. Like who, yeah. who is the. I mean, how many creative geniuses has it taken to get to this point where that one man grew all of that? And how many, like, is it one person? I doubt it. Like, now, There's no way. There's no way. Like, he was, he, I want to say one of a kind. He was, he was the innovator of his generation. Well, and, and again, he was the number one supporter. And he, like, something else that they, they talked about is he would put people on projects together that were, like, totally different types of people. So that they could, yeah. So that... Again, so they could innovate. I mean, because if you put two of the same types of people together to create something... They're going to do what's comfortable. Exactly. They're going to do what's comfortable. It's going to be cookie cutter. You put two very different types of people, different types of, like, art styles together. They're going to take their best work. Yes. Because, I mean, of course, like, they're going to probably clash. But, again, that's going to, like you said, create their best work. You can't grow unless you're uncomfortable. And and whether, whether, you know, Walt Disney did that on purpose... Or it was an accident, 
although I highly doubt it was. You know, again, he was these people's biggest fan. And, you know, it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, I, and, I totally agree. And I, and I think um, as, like, a closing, a closing thought about this in, in general is, like, I didn't go into this expecting to cry. No. Like, I went into this expecting a documentary on a... T- on Disney and how, how it got there. I didn't expect to have such deep emotion and feel like I was connected to him. Like, they really make you make you feel like Seriously. you're part of that. And, and you were there. Almost. And there was never a dull moment in that documentary. No, it was just up, up, up. And I, I don't know. All I can say is I am so excited for the second episode, <laughs> which is available, and I'm trying to hold out to watch it until Tyler's able to watch it. But I am so excited. Like... It, it has blown all expectations out of the park for me. <laughs> out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I... Whoever made those articles are just, you know, live a sad existence because this show is amazing. And I hope Absolutely you guys amazing. like it. And, Tyler, what are your thoughts? Like, like the final thought, something that I've been wanting to say is, you know, he died before Disney World was completed. Yes. So, just to know that you know, he didn't even get to finish Disney World, and that yes, he created such a strong foundation of parks and and a company, but also again, a strong foundation of people. Yes. To carry on his image. That is the most important thing. And, like and I truly think that if he were alive, or if he were to come back alive, or wh- whatever, you know, if he comes out of his cryogenic freeze, <laughs> you know, um, everyone put on your tinfoil hats. You know, I think, <laughs> I think he would be happy. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind because, you know, they've done his vision. There are so many people in this world that live for this. Yeah. So A little piece of happiness every day in Disney. Yeah. So I, I, I think with that said, um, it's a good place to stop. Yeah. For, for this episode. You know, make sure um, you tune in for our next episode. Uh, we're going to be doing some Disney original movies from hashtag nostalgia. Yes. So be on the lookout for that and, you know, I, I want to say thanks for listening. You know, this means a lot to us. Um, it's just something that's easy for us to talk about. Our childhoods and all the new things. And, you know... We're excited to kind of, like, grow with this and, and see stuff, like, that our parents watched. And, you know, my mom was talking about how there's stuff that, you know, she would sit on the floor and watch on Saturdays. Yeah. And, I mean, there's things that we want to show our son. Yeah. And then there's stuff that he likes, new stuff that he likes. So it's... It's definitely a pretty exciting thing that Disney did by putting all of this together. It's amazing. I, I mean, and I think when people first heard about Disney Plus, they're like, "Oh, great, just another streaming service." But you know, I don't think that people really understand. Yeah. Um, well, let me back up. I don't think people really understood then, really, like what the extent um, of this was going to be. And I guess with how much we're hyping this up. We should totally say, like, we're by no means endorsed by Disney no, to do this. We're just <laughs> so excited. We're just two people in a, in a one-bedroom apartment that want to talk about Disney stuff. So, um, and, and with that, we own none of the rights to any of the names <laughs> that we just used. <laughs> and we by no means incorporated with Disney. Yeah. We just love it. So we'll leave it off on that. I hope you have a great day. And again, please check us back out tomorrow.